to judge. Ground ball, weakly hit. Presley has it. Jumps part of the way in the first. Underhand Sayuli inside. Starts running the news. The Houston Astros break out the grooves in the Bronx and they're headed back to the World Series for the fourth time in six years. Play action fake. Prescott's going to throw it in the end zone to Peyton Henderson on national tight end day for his first professional touchdown. Time to throw over the middle. Juju Smith-Schuster wide open, 25-20. Jukes the safety. 10 gets a block. Angling near side pylon. Touchdown, Kansas City. Duggan out of the shotgun. Tied in Wiley to the right. Snap comes back. Fakes the inside. Give no, he hands it off to Miller. Turns it up into five. Touchdown. Wow. Kendra Miller. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a battle between a program with a winning culture and a program that does not have a winning culture. And at the end of the day, the program with the winning culture, Oklahoma State, prevails against the program that does not have a winning culture, the University of Texas. Dave Hunziker, shots fired, pistols fired, TJ, at the end of the OSU game on Saturday. Monday, October 24, T-Rail in the morning show. It's going to get canceled. You know, I did see um, Jeff Haxton also tweeted out, the uh, Texas Tech play-by-play guy. He, he went to OSU, and he uh, tweeted out, I should say, Saturday, that Texas is 0-2 in games when he's been in attendance this year, hashtag SEC. And I find it interesting that both those guys are taking shots at OU in Texas for going to the SEC when I believe uh, Jeff Axton went from ORU to Texas Tech to advance his career. And uh, let's see, Dave Hunziker went from Western Kentucky to the Big 12 to Oklahoma State to advance his career. So... Ooh, shots fired by the OU play-by-play guy. Thank you very much. (laughs) Woo, take I mean, that's pretty vicious. Pretty vicious, what I just said. This show brought to you by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, XOE. It's the place to be. You know, it's getting wintertime, TJ, and that's really when you want to buy a lawnmower because that's when you can get the most deals and admire it all winter before you have to actually Put it into use next spring. And the bad boy mowers are at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. 
you know, I'm a bad boy user. And uh, you can be, too. The full line of bad boy mowers right there at XOE. They also have the CF Motos, which are dope. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, utility vehicles. Check them out. Extreme Outdoor Equipment right there in Newcastle. Um, I have a, an official verdict, TJ, on the spicy jalapeno fritos. I told you I wanted to try them in a queso or some sort of a dip before I rendered an official verdict. And I made a uh, buffalo chicken dip over the weekend, a little Saturday college football viewing buffalo chicken dip. You you enjoy a buffalo chicken dip, TJ? Sure. And uh, I'm ready to render my verdict on the spicy jalapeno fritos. Okay. Officially a thumbs down. <laughs> Most shocking news of the last uh, several weeks on the T-Row in the morning show. I said what? I said Toby, Toby giving a thumbs down to a scoop-style potato chip. Not, corn chip, not whatever potato, it is. Chip, yeah, Corn chip. Get your chips right. Um, Any type of chip. I wanted to like it. I got very excited when I saw the bag. And I went into it fully expecting to give it a high rating. But I think here's what I've discovered. I want the flavor in my dip, not as a powder on my chip. Feel free to make a bumper sticker or T-shirt out of that if you'd like. Let McComas know, TJ. That would be a good T-shirt. The little jalapeno dusting on the chip just gets all over your fingers. I don't know. I don't love it. I don't love it. I would rather have a plain Frito, put a little jalapeno in the queso or whatever. I don't want the flavor built into my chip. That's what I've learned. I'm officially a thumbs down on the spicy jalapeno Frito. Huh. What if, how would they be, this is what I'm curious about with them, crumbled up in chili? Well, now you're going to the regular spicy jalapeno Fritos, not the scoops. So probably good. Prob- probably that's a good use for them. I didn't like them as a scooping dip chip. Mm. I was going to pick some up on Sunday at the grocery store. Go sold out. It. Sold out. It was sold mm. out. Yeah, it's the influence of this show. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll know to like... Think well, twice no, before I grab a bag. Maybe you you come up with a different evaluation, man. You do you, okay? Uh, I would be eager to know your thoughts on it, but I'm talking specifically about the scoops here. I wanted to like it. The more I ate, I was like, you know what? I gotta be honest here. I would rather have the plain scoop. So I'm a thumbs down, man, on the spicy jalapeno fritos. I'm not sure how to react to this. The five-star quarterback, TJ, out of Denton, appeared on the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast last night with Gabe Eichard and Teddy Lehman. Oh, really? Here's the question that was asked and his answer. Sure, every school out there is still trying, even though they know you're committed, still trying to get at least a conversation to see what they can do to sway you. Yeah, definitely after the, uh, the three games before the Kansas game for OU, just kind of after – all that happens, you have coaches reaching out, just kind of 
kind of asking me how I am. And I, I understand why they're texting because, oh, you just went on a three-game losing streak. But at the end of the day, I trust Coach V and Coach Levy and what all the coaching staff's doing, and we'll get this train back on tracks pretty soon. There you go. What do you think, Teach? I think he's solid, but I won't be shocked with anything until he's on this campus. So that's how I am with any kid that age. The slightest of thing at the last minute, such as a truck or a bag of money, can sway you and flip you when your family doesn't even know you're about to flip. So so uh, slimy for coaches to get back in after a team loses. Yeah, and go, hey, there's not a check back. Isn't it but slimy? You know, you know that's what they're saying, and they're like, this guy isn't going to work out. You're going to make a mistake going there. This this is proving what they're going to be over the next several years. It's going to be a struggle for him. He's not a head coach. They're, they're, they're definitely it's coming at him strong. And dirty and makes me want to take a Oh, you does it, too. Oh, you does it, too. No, they don't. Yeah, they no, surely do. Sure oh, you is beyond reproach, okay? <laughs> Any idea the if we've whole been able to get back in world. on that five-star defensive lineman that uh, went to Texas A&M well, and surprised the world? Well, that's what I'm talking about with surprise trucks and, and bags of money. You know, you never know what's going to happen or yeah, until he gets on campus or puts his name on that dotted line. I mean, yeah. keep going after him. Also this weekend, it was another four-point weekend for the chairman. TJ and Bronx expand their lead in the Ref Royal Rumble. And a, a new Dateline episode coming your way, it sounds like. This week, on a very special Dateline, he was the kid that became the shining star of a Sooner Nation. Today, I get to go to my first OU Texas game. The scene setter kid, they called him the face and voice of the next generation of the Crimson and Cream. Today I get to see history. He was a star. The girls loved him. The boys wanted to be him. Grown men asked for his autograph. But did it all become too much? What made innocence give way to an unquenchable thirst for dominance? Whose fault is it? It's TJ's fault. Was it indeed a father's need to support a crazy and lavish lifestyle of circle drives, lake houses, and gargoyles? Somebody get my trip to Cancun, because this one's over. How did the scene-setter kid become the chairman who ruled the rumble with ease and put the fear of a godfather in grown radio hosts three or four, or in the case of Steely, seven times his age. Hey guys, I don't have time for that speculation. Is he cheating? I don't cheat and I don't lie. What drives him? Because in Oklahoma, you weren't able to go out and shop really. You weren't able to go out and go to the beach or anything like that. It was just kind of planes. The Making of the Chairman, coming this Sunday on ESPN+. Plus. Just scroll down to the Dateline section to where it says Live and Upcoming, or go to the magnifying glass and type in Dateline, or maybe the Chairman, or maybe Bronx, unless it logs you out, then log back in and start all over. Or maybe we can post a link on Twitter or Instagram to take you right to it, but you'll still need to log in. WAC and TTNL, CD for details. <laughs> Does your wife know what you did with your free time on your off mm. week? 
I mean, so productive on a bye week. He's so productive. (laughs) He's like, I got to do some type of scene setter. I'm just sitting here bored. Yeah. Uh, It does sound like that Skip Johnson's got his work cut out for him in the recruiting effort of Bronx because it sounds like he wants to go uh, out of state to me. So, plus he's going to have all sorts of red flags with casinos. (laughs) Who knows where? NIL deals will be uh, six years from now. That's we right. never know. We never know. The first OU baseball player sponsored by the Riverwind Casino. <laughs> Bronx Perry. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Hey, we're listening. If they would like to uh, contact us, we're listening. So. 8.15 in the morning. Let's take a break. When we come back, OU men's basketball coach Porter Moser joins us live. His team in exhibition action. Hey, the season is almost here. The hoop season is almost here. We'll talk to Porter next. Back after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by extreme outdoor equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. I can't wait till tomorrow night. Exhibition action for Porter Moser's team. They get OCU in the LNC, the College basketball season is almost here, and the head coach of the Sooners joins us live now. Good morning, Coach Moser. How are you today? Well, I'm good, Toby. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I miss you. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you again in your basketball team. Man, I feel like I'm there with you in the living room. You just can't see me because I'm listening to you every week. And I, <laughs> you just bring so much energy to OU, man. So I feel like I've been with you, just not in the same room. Oh, I appreciate that. That's nice of you, Coach. Well, how have fall practices gone? How do you feel about how the team's looking? You know, we're getting better, and that's the thing. Like we had this summer, um, you know, the, the key, I think we talked about this this summer, is we had five guys off of last year's team return, and it makes it's a lot better than zero, um, you know, from the year before that, we, that, that I've been new here. And those five guys noticeably got better. They really had an intentful, like very intentions of getting better this summer. They were really good. And they, the newcomers just followed in. I mean, I thought we had great workouts this summer. Um, then we went to Spain, and that was really good. And, um, and then this fall, I mean, I just – I like the mentality of – I mean, everybody knows where we, where we want to be in March. And you got to be obsessed with the road in front of you getting better. You just can't think about March. And, and that's what I thought we did. I thought we got better. You know, by the time January and February came out, I thought we were playing our best. But we're excited to play somebody different, that's for sure. They're sick of beating up on each other. It's got to be such a relief, as you mentioned, compared to a year ago when everything's new. You know, everything you're trying to implement is new. Now at least you got those five guys back. You got some veterans. You got the European tour under your belt. The fact that you've got a, a base established going into this year, I would imagine makes you feel like you're miles ahead of where you were a year ago. It's so much better to have Jalen Hill demonstrating a defensive technique than Porter Moser demonstrating <laughs> a defensive technique. I mean, it's just way better. And uh, I think that's the thing. It's like you got veterans. Because there's always an unknown when you, a, a new coach takes over, and especially with a new roster. There's an unknown about, like, all right, what, are, what, you know, how, what is his demands? What are his standards? How are things going? What's practice going to be like? And then now you have those five guys, the, the newcomers are like, I mean, those five guys are going hard every drill, every rep. And the new guys don't know any other way. And I, I, I just, I've been thinking a lot about Brent and the same thing. And just how much year two, when you've got a core group that has been through a year, and then how much that, that, that helps. Because that first year is, 
is really tough because you're constantly trying to establish things, your culture, the way things are, and then you get thrown into the games, and it just and uh, it just makes all the difference in the world to start establishing culture and and getting guys, uh, and that's why it's going to be so important for all our sports to maintain our guys here with this transfer portal. It's so important that they come to OU and they feel like there's no way I'm going to leave. You know, everything about here, there's no way I'm going to leave because that's the culture you got to build so you can get continuity and, and get, bring guys back year after year. Okay, these, uh, this exhibition game and early in the season, everybody's interested in, in seeing the new guys, finding out more about the new guys. So I thought I'd kind of go down one at a time here and just have you tell us what you expect they're going to bring to your basketball team this year. Let's start with Bamasil, okay. Joe Bamasil. Score like he's he's like the old Vinny Johnson days. He comes in and he can score. Um, he doesn't take any shots a bad shot. And he, he is the most wonderful kid. He comes in he's like, Coach, is that not a good shot? I'm like, No, Joe. You got three guys on you and there's 25 in the shot clock. He's okay. I got you, Coach. And, but he's got that kind of confidence that he feels he can make every shot. He is. He, I don't know if there's a kid that comes in and tries to watch more tape. He's never been demanded to guard the way he's been having to guard here. And it's only going to make him a better player. Extremely athletic, long arms, energy, makes plays. You'll notice when Joe Bamis is on the floor, whether it's getting a rebound, a cut, a dunk, or a shot, he's, he brings energy. The Big 12 preseason newcomer of the year is Grant Sherfield out of Nevada. and Sounds like, um, boy, having the ball in his hands is going to be a good thing for you this year. No doubt. He's one of the best in the country at coming off ball screens per all the analytics. And he, uh, and so that, and then now that we've had him, um, those analytics are the truth. Um, he can really, he can really score. He can create for others. Um, he draws a lot of interest. He's got a phenomenal mid range game. I mean, a phenomenal mid range, like he'll come off a ball screen and he can, he can hit that mid range shot over a big, um, it's really going to be tricky. People are going to make decisions, you know, uh, of what you do when you got uh, Tanner Groves and him in a ball screen, um, because Tanner can shoot it so well. And um, but he, he's he can create something out of nothing. And I think with the Big Twelve defenses, like Akinjo could do that. Obachi could do that. Um, it just seems like Marcus Carr at Texas could do that. Rockington and I, every team had a, a, a guy that could just kind of go create something out of nothing when this Big Twelve defense just clamps on you at the end of a shot clock and grants that guy. How about the freshman out of Vegas, Milo Suzan? I think people are going to love him. Tremendous feel for the game. He's a 6'4", true point guard. Sometimes 6'4", guys, um, are trying to be combos. Los is a true, true point guard. He can pass with either hand. And I say that, and I don't I, – I, I, I go, oh, that's no big deal. It is, because out of ball screens, when you start icing and trapping, he can throw a left-handed pass to the opposite corner on a frozen rope. He really has a good pace to himself, sees the floor, uh, and I think he's one of our better guard defenders as well. Okay, the uh, true freshman out of New Jersey, Otega Owe. So I, was, I don't know if you saw his brother yesterday, but his brother was racing down guys for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah. Athletic genes, like super athletic. Like you're going to look at him, you're going to think he's got a senior body. He does not look like a freshman. Uh, he too, the two freshmen have come in and really taken to the defense. He can really guard the ball. Um, he's still a work in progress off the ball, um, but he's on the ball. He's physical, strong. He gets his athleticism. He can really slash and cut. It's hard for guys. He goes downhill um, and is working on his perimeter shot, um, but he can really go downhill and he plays above the rim. 6'11 freshman out of Missouri, Luke Northweather. 
you know, he's, he's bigger than Tanner, and he shoots like that. He can really shoot it. Um, you know, he hasn't missed a practice all spring um, since he got here, and he just tweaked his ankle uh, Friday in, in the workout, so he probably is not going to be available for the exhibition game. But he's, he's got a body. You know, he, sometimes when you get 6'11 kids from a small town, they come in and you got to load them up on food because they're like a buck 90. And uh, this, this, he came in at, you know, 6'10 and a half, 232. So he, he can shoot. He's skilled. Um, you know, he's, he's given us he had some really good games in Spain, and I'm, I'm excited for his future. You went over, uh, you went across the pond and got Benny Schroeder from Germany. I don't think Benny played with, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he played with you in Europe. How, how's he doing? So the two guys that didn't play are, are Benny Schroeder and Yaya Keita. Both of them had knee surgeries, and both of them didn't, weren't released until September. So Benny's, Benny's been coming back, he's been practicing about three weeks now, really skilled. He's, he's such an unbelievable kid, and he wants it so bad. It just killed him to sit out all summer. And we just got to get him to slow down. He's trying to save the world on every play. And, uh, and that's a good problem because that means you care. And he's just got to slow down and uh, get caught up. But he's long. I mean, he does some things that you're just going to shake your head. And he's like, man, you can, see, you can see his potential. But him and Yaya are good to go now? Yeah, they're both they're both eligible. They're both uh, ready to play, cleared health wise. Um, they're just in the process of catching back up with everything. Uh, but yeah. they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna plan on playing him tomorrow. Tell us more about Yaya. Tremendous kid, unbelievable body, um, and you know def- more of a defender, energy rebounder, set screens, um, just chiseled six nine two forty body. You know, just get in their debt uh, to be physical to bang with some of the depth of the bodies. Uh, our league had you know uh, one of the returners that I did want to ask you about is uh, Jacob Groves I felt like late last season when you guys got hot Jacob became a pivotal part of what you were doing what what have you seen in him this summer and this fall leading into the season his confidence explode um, his he literally physically grew I mean he's as big but might be taller than Tanner now um, he's every bit of 6'9". He came in at about 6'8". Uh, he's really worked on his shot. Um, his confidence grew. And that's what I tell is this is a great lesson for young people. I sound like Steve Stone, broadcaster out of Chicago. If you ever listen to him, he's like, for all you young kids out there. Um, so for all you, he's a great example, Jacob is, is, you know, he was up and down, in and out of the lineup. And he never really, I mean, he'd get 10 minutes here, 6 minutes there, 12 minutes there, nothing really consistent. And when Harkless got hurt for the year, he stepped in, and he seized his opportunity, and he was ready when called upon because mentally he stayed so into it. He, he, he stayed positive. He stayed into it. And when, he, when his opportunity came, he was prepared. He was prepared physically and mentally. And I thought he, he was really a key for us to go on that run down the end of the year. He had 15 in that Baylor game. And he just carried it over, Toby, Toby this summer. Um, his shot looks better. He physically looks stronger. Um, he's guarding better. Um, but I think he's – I just think he's going to have some big moments for us this year. Speaking of uh, Chicago, uh, your first pitch was great with the Cubs, but that <laughs> sister sister Jean showed you up a little bit with her. I mean, I'm used to basketball. her showing me up. She showed me up for ten years. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Final Four, the head coach. I'm thinking, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm, I'm second fiddle. I'm used to that as well as she should be. As she should be. If I'm 103 and I'm throwing out a first pitch at Cubs games. I'd better have a street named after me. She just got the subway named after her. <laughs> That's 
That's fantastic. All right, this is going to be the I have to mention this, though. I, I got to mention this, Toby, because there's one guy uh, we, don't, we haven't talked about, and he's from Oklahoma, and I just want people to know that this kid has come in, and he walked on, and he's moved himself right into uh, position. It's Sam Goddard from, from Oklahoma here. Sam, Sam is Southmore. really a tough uh, – yeah, really transfer from Wofford, tough, physical – like, really athletic, sneaky athletic. He's going to have some dunks this year that you guys are like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. So watch for him because he is tough as nails, and he just I, – I love guys like that. I, I relate to toughness and energy like that, and Sam's going to – you'll see Sam right away tomorrow. Okay, this is going to be the first question of 150 I ask you this year when you say uh, it's none of your business yet, Toby. But do you have a starting line? I can say that. Yeah. I can, oh, yeah. You, you're I can allowed. say that to you. Trust, trust you didn't me. tell me that my first year. You didn't tell me that my first year. You can, you can say it. You can say it. Hey, do you have a starting oh, lineup for tomorrow night yet? I do. The rules say, Toby, you have to start a lineup. <laughs> right. You don't have to announce it the day before, though, on a radio yeah, show right. if you don't want to. No, you know, we're, we're still tinkering with it. No, I, I think I know who I want. I, I, I mean, my guys, we, we kind of know who. I mean, you, you can probably, you know. Jalen and Tanner and Grant have been kind of consistent in there. Um, you know, I think we're going to play a lot of different guys. But uh, um, and I'm gonna, I'm going to push my button right here. And Toby, none of your business. <laughs> okay, that's number one. You got 149 left to go. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be funny. I got to get people to come in the gym so so they can see who right. does it. Right. Right. I, yeah, I yeah, that's get right. People there. Leave a little mystery. That's exactly right. Well played by you. Seven o'clock tomorrow night. It'll be. Uh, OU and OCU. Coach, I played basketball. Well, I was on the team at Southern Nazarene. I'm not sure we ever beat OCU in my four years, so I'm looking forward to seeing you hang a loss on those guys tomorrow night. It'll it's my funny because everyone told me everyone told me not to do it. I'm like, God, those guys over there are great guys. OCU, that's a, I think people relate with playing a, a local team like that. I know they're good. They're really well coached. Coach Barakoff does a great job over there. So I, 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 think it's, I think it's great all the way around. All the way. Coach, thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, Toby. We'll see you, my friend. See, Coach. Porter Moser right there. Well, we got three out of the five starters out of him, Teach. Jalen Tanner quickly, and Grant. Kind of quickly threw them out there to you, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Tanner and Grant, and then he pushed the it's none of your business button, which is perfectly fine. Ah, you're used to hearing that. Let's guess. Who are the other two? I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, let's see, what do we got there? We've got a point guard. We got a four and a five, kind of. I'm going to say it's Bamasil and C.J. Nolan. Mm. It, well, it's either Bamasil, it's C.J. Nolan, I think, and then either start Bamasil, bring Jacob off the bench, or start Jacob, bring Bamasil off the bench. I agree. Or it's Otega Owe. He could just start his kid, though. I mean, it, that may just be the guy to go with there, Jake. Start Jake Moser? Jake Moser, yeah. Oh, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We'll find out together tomorrow night. Bamisil, I think, is definitely one. He's going to be a major factor for them this year, whether he's a starter or a sixth-man type or whatever, but he can really fill it up. I got a couple of old-school OU comparisons that I think he fits into. I'll drop those on you when we come back. I haven't seen him enough to know for sure, but in my head, what I hear about him and the highlights I've seen – I got a couple of comps I'm going to hit you with next. Back after this.
The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. When did you start watching OU basketball? What's that? When did you start watching OU basketball? Like, following it closely? Yeah, yeah. It would have been... 88, 87, 88, okay. in that right. time period, the Billy You'll recognize period. both these names. So Joe Bamisil, uh coming out of George Washington this year. Uh, Porter talked there about how um, he can really score, has not been asked to play defense like he's going to be asked to play here. I think he's going to be a fascinating guy for this team, whether he starts, whether he's a sixth-man guy. He is... Six four, six five. Okay, so a wing, but got some size to him. He's not he's not thin guy. He's stout. Not you know you know what I mean, TJ. He's got he's a vet. He's been in the weight room. Um, I think, and I haven't seen him play. I reserve the right to change my mind on Wednesday morning show or later. But just from what I've heard from him, uh. Porter, I think, referred to him as Vinny the Microwave Johnson there. Did you hear that, mm-hmm. TJ? When yeah. Do you remember the name Angelo Hamilton? Yes. Early Tank. 90s. Yeah, just kind of a. He would come in. Now, you know, that was a different era of OU basketball. Mm-hmm. Everybody was allowed to just jack it up and freewheel it, and uh, there was not as much structure as obviously there is under Porter Moser. But. That guy would come in, and he'd either be streaky hot or streaky cold. He, let me see, he averaged, let me click on this right here. Hang on a second. Played early 90s. He was on those Brent Price, Jeff Webster, Terry Evans teams. The last team to go into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and win. Averaged nine and a half points a game on that, that first team he came into. More than that later in his career. Let's see here. Uh, first year at OU, nine and a half points a game. Second year, 14 points a game. Um, the other comp- the other comp I got for you is Ebi Ara. Obviously more, more recent. More recent, yeah. Kelvin Sampson, early 2000s. Everybody remembers Ebi. But Ebi, same thing. Would come in and either light it up or he'd be cold. He was instant <laughs> offense. <laughs> He would shoot it from anywhere. I think that's kind of what J- Joe Bamisil is, an Angelo Hamilton, Ebi Ara type player. I'll take that. I'll take that. I do remember Ebi Ara. He's one of those guys that um, you would either hear on the radio the next day, how about Ebi last night? He was lighting it up. Or, I wish yeah. that guy would quit shooting. Just right. quit shooting the ball. So it was I one or the other with Ebi. <laughs> my prediction is, you will see Joe Bamisil jerked out of the game more often than any other player on the team this year <laughs> because of an ill-advised shot, you know? Late game situation up to we need to work a little clock and he lets fly a 25-footer from for, the right wing. For a no, no reason whatsoever other than I want to shoot it, yeah. Well, he's open, right? He's open. And then the next – and then we're all, we're all mad – at Joe, and then the next night he goes for 32 on the road. Like, I think that's what he is. 
completely unqualified comparison here. I have not seen the guy play in person. I've seen highlights, and I've heard people talk about him. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. But Porter's got a structure, you know, and you got to play inside that that system. And this is new to Joe. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see him. I think Sherfield fits perfectly with what Porter wants to do. I think Joe is going to have to be molded a little bit, it sounds like, and is very dangerous offensively, which we need that, man. I was going to say, I don't mind a guy that comes in and has no fear like that. They kind of need that guy, um, especially on nights he's on, if what you're saying is true. You need that guy that's not scared to hit that dagger and put games away. I think the biggest beneficiary of the addition of Grant Sherfield, who can get buckets, and Joe Bamisil, who can get buckets, is going to be Tanner Groves. Oh, absolutely. Now, the whole defense won't be just completely focused on Tanner Groves this year. And if you do double-team him, he's got guys he can kick it out to who can hit shots and drive and create better than last year. That's not ripping on the guys last year, but better, I think. I think. I have seen him yet, so I don't know for sure. But anyway. I'm excited to see this team tomorrow night. Someone Seven asked, o'clock. Is, is this on ESPN Plus, do you know? Well, let me see. Hang on just a second. I would imagine, right? I would think I so. But I think, I think they're they had asked on the text kind of, line. I was like, oh, I don't okay. know for sure. Let me go to my ESPN Plus live and upcoming here, TJ. I'll let you know very soon. Uh, you going to make it out to some uh, hoops game? You going to be out there tomorrow night? I don't know if I'll be there tomorrow night. Um I don't know my situation with a uh, remote tomorrow evening. So, what's your situation, TJ? What's your frequency, Kenneth? Let's what's your frequency, here. Kenneth? Here we go. Um, yes, it's listed oh. as ESPN Plus on their oh, schedule man. here. Yes. Who's playing North Central Texas? Oh, that's a softball team. Press conference. Then we got a softball game. The huddle and Sooner Sports Talk. There it is. Right there on my live and upcoming on the ESPN Plus app, OUOCU, tomorrow night. In fact, according to OU's schedule, um, OCU, Sam Houston, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, UNC, Wilmington, and South Alabama all listed as ESPN Plus. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some Big 12 games uh, that will be as well. I mean, there was last year even when we didn't have ESPN Plus yet. You remember right. that? Mm-hmm. Some of the road games and stuff, or even home games. You're going to want so – ESPN Plus has been nice through football season because you got the OU DNA show, you got the huddle, you got Sooner Sports Talk, you got that one uh, football game. Which football game was it? Kent State, Kent I think. State, that was. Yeah. You're going to really want it now. Uh, basketball season forward. Uh, I mean, you've had some soccer and volleyball. Basketball season forward, baseball, softball. All uh, everything, gymnastics, everything. You're gonna really want ESPN Plus now. So, man, I'm uh, gonna have to make sure my phone's charged more often than I'm used sure to. you signed up. I thought about you yesterday, Teach, when I was uh, had a little three screen action working in the living room. One of the screens was my phone for baseball. For OU baseball, it was the third screen, mind you. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the baseball game. On I was my watching phone. it on my phone. So <laughs> I had a. I had a, a 
baseball playoff game on one TV and the NFL on the other, and I had OU baseball on my phone. I was like, look at that. I bet TJ's watching something on his phone right now. Exactly right. It was a (laughs) couple of grand slams I was watching on my phone. Yes, we do have Rudy's shows tonight. Just got a question on the text. We do have Rudy's shows tonight. We're back at it tonight. 7 o'clock the huddle, 8 o'clock Sooner Sports Talk at Rudy's. It is raining hard at the uh, Piedmont Ranch right now, TJ. Cats and dogs. We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Fresh back from an awesome weekend, our man Chris Plank joins us now for the crossover brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Good morning, Plank. What's up, Toby? How are you and TJ this morning, man? We're doing good. How was your weekend? It was awesome. It was really good. Um, you know, I you have three children, TJ, um, with you and Bronx. I, I don't, with Willie, Willie C., I didn't get a lot of that just me and him, right? It was always the girls were with us or, you know, the whole family together. There wasn't a lot of just me and him, and even on Growing trips, up. right? Yeah, it, the family was always around, so... And just period, you know, he, it just was. And once he got to like 14, he was too cool for dad. So it was a really, really cool, just me and him weekend. Right. So that was, that was awesome to see how he's doing. And, you know, I, I nerded out. Don't get me wrong. I, I immersed myself in, in West Point. There's way too many pictures right now on my phone that I took. Um, I lived the game day experience from about, uh, it was. It's wild how some people don't take setting up their radio equipment as seriously as we do. Uh, and, and this isn't a knock on the Louisiana Monroe people, but I literally went in the morning of the game, and TJ, you can appreciate this, and nothing was in there. Not a thing. And I texted both Toby and Drake, and I'm like, I'm getting nervous for them. Like, there was a moment <laughs> where I was like, has Louisiana Monroe not traveled? And then... Um, it, it literally, they come rolling in and got everything set up in time. So I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, here we go." But yeah, it was it was a fun weekend, man. It was it was really really cool. Learned a lot. I wonder, I wonder if it's hard to get on campus on base or whatever we call that, like the night before. Yeah. like we we always no. just roll in. You know, I wonder at Army if you can just roll in the night before. Well, well, I did, but then again, I kind of cheated. So. <laughs> But I think you can. You know, they've got the CBS Sports Network that's there and does all their games. So they've got yeah. their crew that comes in and sets up all their cameras. So, yeah, it's um, it's quite a production. I, I really, you know, I, I don't know what the future looks like in non-conference scheduling. And um, the, the greatest athletic director on the planet probably isn't going to call me and say, hey, what do you think about a non-conference game? Uh, what should we do? But if you ever did, I would say we got to get to Mikey Stadium. We got to get there for a game day. Now I'm just going to warn you, it's one of the most efficient operations. I mean, it's military, right? Yeah. But zero, that place was done and shut down like an hour after the game. People were out. <laughs> traffic bar- traffic barriers were up. Uh, the stadium was shut down. I mean, it was as efficient as anything I've ever seen in my life. And of course, it's you know fifty thousand, so it's or maybe it's less than that. It, it's half of what you know we get trying to trying to fit, you know, 80,000 into a neighborhood, right? But it was, it, it, there's restrictions, yes. There's a lot of hills. I climbed a lot of hills this weekend, but 
right there on the banks of the Hudson. It's it's something that I hope every college football fan can experience at least at one point. Was the national anthem cool? It was awesome. I, I took a video that I'm going to send to you. Well, here's the thing: is the national anthem and stuff like that was great. Before they take the field, there's not like one flyover. There's like five helicopters, and there's these dudes standing <laughs> right in the entrance playing bagpipe, and it's just awesome. And I'll, I'll send cool. you to the video. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe even post it, but yeah. And then they do uh, every every cadet in at West Point. It's a requirement to go to the game, and they all wear their white, and they and they all sit on one side of the visitors. Are uh, behind the, the visitors' bench, and right before kickoff, they all start jumping up and down and 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 doing their hats, waving their their, their lids around, and it's just it's awesome. I will say, they've got like you know how the West Virginia Mountaineer has the has that dude that fires off the gun yeah. right before yeah. the opening tip. Well, they've got two dudes that constantly fire cannons the entire <laughs> game. Cannons, wow. Toby. So it was really it was really fun. It's a great weekend. Got to see a pretty good college football game, and, and they won. Uh, experience. So, yeah, they won. They rolled. They rolled. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you got to see your son. And uh, you know, Joe said he's they're they're working on getting that game rescheduled. So hopefully, sometime in the not too distant future, we can go up there. And uh, I know a lot of Sooner fans were really looking forward to that. So I, I will say this: it's again there is that reminder that it is. You know, it's on an active military base, and there's literally like two roads in and two roads out. But they do a big, they've constantly got, I'm, I'm like laying the groundwork for frustrated Sooner fans if we ever go, right? I'm like, listen, guys, I'm preparing you now. <laughs> and it's not even on the schedule, but it was fun. But there was a lot of FOMO. I, I'm at the, the Army radio guy, Rich, is the best. He told me to send you his best wishes. He met you yeah. at baseball and. Yeah, uh, he reminded me about the the wireless equipment that we didn't send back to him on time, so that was cool. Um, but no, it was it was it was really cool, man. I had FOMO, and I'm ready to get back out of for the Sooners this week. I was in the car a little bit on Saturday and flipping around to other broadcasts, and I'm with you. I was listening to other guys call games, and I was like, yeah, man, can't wait till next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait till next Saturday. All right, Chris, have a great show today. Good to have you back, Toby. Have your best day ever, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks to Porter Moser for joining us today. You find folks for listening as well. We'll do it again tomorrow. I'll see many of you at Rudy's tonight, 7 o'clock for the huddle, 8 o'clock for the Brent Venable Show. Have a great Monday, everybody.